1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Jet Nation Radio. This will be your solo host for the evening, Alex Varallo. Uh, Glenn might be calling in, but he is working tonight, so we'll see how that plays out. Dylan is also a working man, Um, very respectable. Those guys, always uh, busy as bees. But that's why we work together to make sure that we bring you guys the best content that we can. So... Uh, This is a big week um, as far as, you know, ramping up for the football season. Jets uh, training camp has been going down for the last few days. I had the pleasure of attending camp uh, the last three days, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, Got a lot of sun, had a lot of fun, and I also took a lot of notes. So, um, you know, there's a lot to deep dive into tonight. Um, I'm going to try to get through as much as I can from the last three days. Um, But if you guys don't know, please go to jetnation.com. KRL has been on the scene going to camp as well. He does phenomenal Jets reports. Um, You really got to go check him out. You can find all of his content at jetnation.com. I'll be retweeting some of his stuff. So anybody who's following me, you'll be able to get access to KRL's notes. Really, really great stuff. Love the way he just – really gets descriptive about all the dynamics of how practice goes down. Uh, So definitely go check him out. Um, Before we get into the show here, uh, we might have a uh, guest tonight. Um, We're expecting Dennis Wozak from AP Sports to call in. He's one of the beat reporters from the Jets, so that will be exciting. I believe he'll be calling in around 7 p.m., so that will give us just enough time for me to give you guys some of the things that I saw, but uh, let's take a second here and thank our sponsor Mile Social. Uh, if you're a business that's looking to improve your social media presence, uh, Mile Social is who you need to get together with. They can help you with web design, management, search engine optimization, and much more. So please go find them at m i l e s o c i a l dot com. Mile dot com. Thank you guys for being the best. All right, so. Uh, before I start getting into the nitty-gritties of what's going on um, or what I've seen from camp here, I just want to briefly talk about some of the injuries that um, have come down um, just this week and uh, have some some news for some players that were banged up previously and now look like they're getting healthier just a little bit more each day. So the big one and the scary one was Cam Clark. That was on Tuesday this was the first day of uh that the jets were wearing pads um and they had live hitting going on they don't get uh too crazy by bringing people down to the ground but they can wrap up they can they can pop the pads and uh you know make some noise when they're out there so the jets had a, a really really good practice especially the defense on tuesday and uh they were into their second to last series of the day or and, or they had one more exercise that they were going to do but after Cam Clark had went down, uh, Coach Fowler had called it for called it a day. Uh, the situation was is that Cam Clark um, ended up with a spinal contusion. Uh, it was quite scary. Uh, it was very quiet um, being on the scene. Uh, we really couldn't see what was going on. We couldn't see which player it was that got injured. Um, but you can tell by the body language and how everyone was reacting that, Um, something was not right. Um, it turned out that, you know, he had some discomfort on his lower body, so, you know, he was not able to move very much, so very, very scary stuff, but fortunately, um, his father, um, had sent some news out and kind of came off the, over the Twitter wire later that night that he was doing well, um, it was a little scary, but they do expect him to make a full recovery, i um, unsure of what his future will be, but it is definitely good to hear that he should be able to recover from this because spine injuries in this sport, uh, definitely something we cannot take lightly. So uh, to Cam Clark, get well, get better, get healthy. Um, you know, we're all pulling for you, um, you know, from the fan base and Jet Nation. Okay. So a couple guys that were on the mend and are looking um, a little bit better these days is Quinnon Williams and Kyle Phillips. Uh, both of these individuals have been dealing with foot injuries. Uh, Kyle Phillips was shut down last year in 2020, right around October. Um, and he's still, you know, working his way back into the process. I saw him on the sideline or on the side field, rather, um, getting uh, some treatment, doing some drills. So it looks like he's, you know, working on his way to get back um, into the regular practice regime and, um, you know, join his teammates hopefully soon. Um, same thing with Quinn and Williams. Um, you know, it looks like they're just doing their diligence, taking their time, making sure that when Quinton comes back, he's going to be ready to rock. Uh, because right now the defensive line is already looking good within, I believe, uh, the Jets have had seven practices thus far. So... You know, about a week's worth of this and the D-line, obviously, is looking good. This is something that we all anticipated from Jet Nation. um, But to add Quinnen Williams and Kyle Phillips into the fold here, um, you know, who's to say that this Jets defensive line group may not be one of the top ones uh, in the NFL? Uh, So, you know, that's really, really exciting, and I'm I'm definitely hoping um, that that comes to fruition. Uh, Some new players. That I saw today, that are uh, dealing with some injuries. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker is dealing with a pec injury, I believe. Um, it is not as serious um, as anticipated. I believe Robert Sala had spoken about that today um, at his at his press conference. Going to have to go back and watch that again just to um, so I don't misinterpret um, you know his situation here. But that's something to monitor. Um, You know, pec injuries are kind of weird, Um, you know, and those are the type of injuries that a player can be shut down for the year if if it's a tear or anything like that because that requires surgery. So hopefully um, Elijah Vera Tucker is able to get healthy quick, and and this won't be something that we'll be talking about later on down the line. Uh, Jabari Zuniga is dealing with an ankle injury, and Chuma Doga is also dealing with um, an issue with his knee. Not sure what the extent is, not the team doctor, um, just some things that I saw today, so I'm going to monitor those three players, um, and, you know, we'll have more news on them as the Jets go ahead and unfold that. Uh, all right, so you know, Dennis, we're thinking, is going to be joining us at around 7 o'clock, so I'll just go right into, um, you know, the things that I saw on Monday. Um, Monday was as hot as it could be. Um, the sun was blazing. Um, you know, the vibes were great. The fans were really, really great. Lots of energy. Um, the players looked pretty excited. Uh, but I, I must say, um, this was a defensive day. And that's kind of been a little bit of uh, the theme as of late. Um, kind of to be expected. New coordinator, rookie quarterback, a um, bunch of new acquisitions on the offensive side. So it's going to take them a little bit of time to develop, you know, the chemistry and everything like that. So it's to be expected that the defense would be a little bit ahead of the offense at this point. Um, but, you know, this is just all part of the process here and how you get better. Um, you know, you got to trip, you got to fall, you got to pick yourself back up and learn from, uh, uh, you know, from your mistakes. And, um, you know, I'll have to say I'll start with, you know, Zach Wilson, Everybody. Um, loves to hear about him. Um, he just had a birthday on Tuesday, by the way, so happy birthday, Zach Wilson, uh, 22 years young, and, um, you know, got the rest of the world ahead of him. So hope you had a good time, Zach. So on Monday, um, you know, Monday and Tuesday, I would say, but Monday, uh, Zach was hit or miss, um, literally. He made some sharp throws when he had the opportunity to. Um, you know, I remember seeing a really, really nice slant at route uh, conducted by Elijah Moore, and he hit him in between the defense, kind of took it and ran. Uh, then, you know, there was another play that went out to Denzel Mims um, out on the sideline, and he's probably one of the more intriguing stories. Um, in this training camp here, there's been all sorts of speculation about where he is on the roster and the depth chart and things like that, uh, but he did stand out and made a really, really nice sideline catch. Um, Chris Herndon had himself a heck of a day. Um, ended up with a couple scores throughout practice. Um, just seeing his his um, body language and things like that from camp, um, you could see that he looks a little bit more rejuvenated. Um, you know, last year, obviously two and fourteen, they were all in a funk and kind of hard to get motivated when you uh, when you stink that bad. So, in the regime. Uh, you know, new outlook coming from the front office with everything that's going on. So, you know, perhaps um, Michael Floor will find a way to rejuvenate Chris Herndon, and uh, he could do the things that we've all been anticipating. Um, you know, from the from his rookie year when when he flashed and looked great, because year two was a wash, and last year he got hurt again. So, you know, we really haven't seen the greatness that was is in within Chris Herndon since his rookie year and, uh, you know, all signs are pointing up and uh, hopefully that continues to go that way throughout, um, you know, camp and and carries over into the season for him as well. Now, um, to kind of get into um, the nitty gritty with, uh, with Zach Wilson and some of the things that I saw that was a little bit concerning and to be expected with the rookie quarterback, I mean, any high expectations that you have from for him right now uh, at this point is probably unrealistic. Um, he's going to have his moments where he looks like a rookie. He's going to have moments where you're going to see him make exceptional throws and make plays kind of like what we saw him do at BYU. Um, so, you know, to be in specifics, um, it looked like he was holding on to the ball a little bit too much, um, kind of sitting in the pocket waiting for things to develop. And uh, when you do that, you know, these pass rushers that we have, these guys have dialed up the pressure meter and they're getting in his face and, and making, um, you know, it more difficult for him, which is good and it's bad all in the same time because it's not great that the offensive line is not giving him enough time, but it is good that he's starting to see uh, this amount of pressure early on because when Sunday rolls around, Um, you know, the red penny, the red jersey that he's wearing that protects him comes off, and he will be taking those devastating shots. So um, good to have this stuff happening now early on in the process so that hopefully when September rolls around, uh, he's adjusted to the NFL speed. So, uh, you know, decision-making, he's never really had a problem with that, but I did see some forced throws, uh, maybe his cadence being expedited due to pressure, Um, you know, a lot of different variations coming from Robert Sala's defense. So they're really, really throwing everything but the kitchen sink at at, uh, Mr. Wilson. Um, And that's just great. You know, it's only going to make him better in the long run. Um, I I will have to say, you know, um, like I said before, uh, the defense uh, really, really had the lead on Monday, also on Tuesday as well, maybe more so Tuesday than Monday. But um, the defensive backs, did a really, really good job, Um, you know, probably would have been coverage sacks in a real game. So that's really, really good to see that the defensive backs are playing well. Um, You know, he did miss a couple of receivers in the red zone during certain drills, Um, one of them to Corey Davis, another one to Elijah Moore. Um, One of the red zone uh, series that they had, Blas Austin came out with an interception, so, uh, you know, very, very good competition, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, really, really good stuff coming from from that Monday session. Um, talk about another quarterback that actually really, really impressed me was uh, our backup, James Morgan. Um, didn't realize how strong of an arm he had. Um, really, really can air it out as far as getting the ball deep um, and as far as hitting intermediate throws uh, really puts a, a lot of zip on the ball. Um, there was one play in particular that I remember. It was, uh, you know, a post route coming from, you know, Elijah Moore, and you're going to be hearing that a lot on the show tonight because um, every time the guy touches the ball, it looks like he's just been phenomenal. Um, but James Morgan hooked up with a touchdown from Moore on Monday, and then in red zone series, um, he connected with uh, Chris Herndon and Daniel Brown. Um, so, you know, Monday's theme was really, really good for the tight ends. Um, you know, I think Kenny Yeboah found him Herndon was in there a couple times. Daniel Brown found himself at the touchdown. So um, everything that I'm seeing early on is night and day from what we saw last year. Last year, um, you wouldn't have even thought that we had a tight end on the team with, you know, the way that the uh, play calling was, you know, put out there. Um just not getting those, the tight ends involved. Um, thus far, um, from everything that I've seen, I can confidently say our tight ends will have a role in this offense. Um, the distribution from the quarterbacks to the receivers and running backs and tight ends all over the place. Everybody's getting reps. Everybody's getting touches. Um, really, really good stuff to see the way that this offense is running at this point. Uh, cause again, uh, Rookie offensive coordinator, rookie quarterback. We got young receivers out there, a bunch of free agent ads on offense. Um, so it's really, really impressive that, you know, these guys were doing, you know, some good things on Monday. Uh, to touch base about um, on the running backs, um, you know, Kevin Coleman has looked pretty good. Uh, he had a nice red zone outside stretch play where he scored a touchdown. Um, Michael Carter's been getting reps with the ones and twos. So looks like we might be having a one, a one B kind of situation with Coleman and Carter. That looks really, really awesome. Uh, Trayvon Wesco has been getting in the mix. Looks like he's going to predominantly be playing as a fullback or possibly an H back. Um, And I think that that's kind of where his niche would be on this team. Um, You know, Ty Johnson was coming into the mix and He brings a good balance and speed combo. And, you know, Josh Adams looks like a man amongst boys out there. Easily the tallest and biggest running back that we have in the group. Um, He's another one of those guys that that has a decent combo of power and speed. So we might, you know, be seeing some uh, situations where he's coming in in short yardage uh, or goal line situations, I would imagine, kind of like what we saw on the back end of the season last year. So, um, yeah, really, really happy with what I've seen thus far out of the running backs. Um, we have pretty solid group. You know, no individual or player will, you know, raise your eyebrows or maybe you won't be targeting these guys on your fantasy team, but maybe in some deeper leagues, you might find yourself, you know, looking at a couple of these Jets running backs and, and looking to grab, uh, you know, a guy or two here. Um, so really, really, um, you know, content with what they've got going on. Um, you know, I spoke a little bit about um, the tight ends already. Um, really liked what I saw out of the two when they were calling in two tight end sets. Um, uh, Tyler Croft and, and Chris Herndon seem to be, you know, 1A, 1B. I don't want to say 1 or 2 or anything like that because, you know, at this point the roster's not deployed. We're not even close to the 53-man yet. And uh, we won't know the depth chart, you know, probably until September. But if I had to put my guess on it, you know, you can we could say that you know Herndon is probably the one, but I would probably say more like one A and one B with those two, um, and both provide great blocking and pass protection. And then you know we already know what Herndon can do. Um, and then it's just, uh, you know, are we scratching the surface on the on Tyler Croft here? Um, he had a, a season that was pretty great uh, not too long ago, a couple years back, where he had like eight touchdowns. Hasn't really had anything like that since then, but um, clearly the guy has potential. So we'll see what Mike LaFour has in store to get him going, um, you know, when September rolls around. Uh, Going to the wide receivers now, um, obviously, you know, I've already talked about Elijah Moore. This guy's just electric, makes plays every day in camp. Um, the route running is crisp. His hands are phenomenal. Um, Haven't really seen him muff or drop anything. Um, You know, if there was an incompletion, it's probably because the ball wasn't where it needed to be. And, um, you know, I was watching him work, do some extra uh, the other day in front of the jug handle thing. And, I mean, they're zipping that ball at him, and he could just do it with his eyes closed, it looked like. Just... This guy looks like he has everything that we need on this offense, you know, as far as having a playmaker and somebody that can do things special. So that's a name to, you know, continue to look out for and um, very excited about Elijah Moore. Now, um, one of the players that's been talked about quite often is Denzel Mims. Um, I kind of feel that right now – coaching staff is trying to get a good look at everybody um, as far as, you know, who's getting reps at ones, twos, and threes. Um, I've seen all different types of individuals, different, you know, packages and um, guys swap it in and out. It looks like they're just trying to see um, where these guys are at, you know, how much of the playbook are they familiar with. And uh, when they're running particular concepts, Um, You know, who is getting that separation, who's understanding what the defense is doing and, and, you know, adjusting their routes to make sure that they're open for the quarterback, things like that. So they're really, really testing the waters. Um, I'm not going to get too alarmed or concerned about it. I feel like Denzel Mims has all the talent and the skill set to be a good wide receiver in this league. Um, Last year just dealt with some injuries kind of a wash. And, uh, you know, this year, lots of bodies in that wide receiver group, lots of talent, lots of, um, you know, big, fast guys, smaller guys that are short and stocky with quick bursts and acceleration like Braxton Berrios and Elijah Moore. Then you have guys that can stretch the field like, you know, the Smith brothers, Jeff and Vincent. Um, not brothers in real life, but we call them the Smith brothers. Um, you know, Then you have Lawrence Cager, the UDFA from last year out of Georgia. I mean, you know, he wears number 15, and you'd think from a distance you were looking at Brandon Marshall, big, big physical guy, I believe the tallest receiver in our group, and uh, he has wheels too. Um, you know, just the other day he um, was running a deep route, uh, beat blessed Austin. Um, the ball didn't make it to him. It was just not on target. I believe it was from James Morgan. Um, he was passionate, a little upset that the ball didn't come to him. He was nearly sixty yards down the field. So, um, but that just shows you the type of talent that he has and what he's capable of doing as well. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where Lawrence Cager ends up on this because there is so much, so many guys out there doing different things. Even DJ Montgomery. Um, you know, he wears number fourteen. So I remember when I saw that, I was like, wow. that's interesting because there was a guy last year that used to wear 14 and we won't talk about him because now he's in Carolina, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a great competition as far as these wide receivers go, see how this all irons out. Um, But this is what's going to make this team better. Um, These guys are going to have to push each other harder and harder each day so that we get the best of the best out on there on Sunday. And, um, i definitely looking forward to seeing how this works out. Will the Jets keep seven wide receivers? Do they keep eight? You know, all of this right now is just up in the air. And depending on who separates themselves over the next few weeks will determine how this is going to play. Um, going over to the defensive side right now, a um, couple of the rookies that I saw, um, you know, they were drafted as safeties, but right now they've been getting some work as linebackers. And that's uh, Jeremiah Sherwood and uh, Hamza nasr Um again, both played safety when they were in college, and now they've moved into the linebacker group. So these guys will be competing um, possibly for maybe the weak side linebacker position um, in our 4-3 base. So, um, you know, that's something uh, to make note of, and, and, you know, I'll continue to keep an eye on those two rookies to see who emerges Um because right now we know for a fact C.J. Mosley and, and Jared Davis are going to be one and two in that 4-3 base set. And uh, who's going to be the third linebacker? That's the biggest question uh, for that formation. So, uh, Okay, so got to talk about John Franklin Myers and Bryce Huff. Um, both guys have been making impactful plays uh, for the last three days uh, on Monday, I remember a specific rep, and our new right tackle, Morgan Moses, um, had a really, really nice move, uh, was lined up as the left defensive end, kind of gave Moses an, an outside look and went with an inside rush, um, got good leverage, got through, um, got into Zach Wilson's face, forced him out of the pocket, and it ended up being an incompletion. Um, and this is in one of those red zone plays. And um, Elijah Moore was open in the back of the end zone. So um, when I've been talking about the disruption coming from the defensive line, these are the type of things that, um, you know, I'm going back to. Another player that seems to be in in mid-season form right now is Carl Lawson. My goodness. Um, I've seen him stuff the run every day that I've been to camp, and I've seen him come down with would-be sacks on Zach Wilson every day. Um, and I really hope all of this translates over to to the regular season here because Carl Lawson is a guy that really, really did phenomenal as far as, you know, particular statistics. Um, and I'm talking about quarterback pressures and quarterback hits. I believe he was fourth according to, I think, Pro Football Focus with uh, 64 pressures last season and ranked second in quarterback hits with 24. So this is a guy that has shown, thickly he can be a force and be a phenomenal pass rusher. He just hasn't had those, you know, sparkling double-digit sack numbers throughout his career. So, you know, this is something that I think he'll say, you know, like in his press conference, he wants 100 sacks in the season. Um, you know, clearly that's not going to happen. I'll settle for 10, and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Uh, but he does look like he's in great shape. He is most definitely putting Makai Becton to the test. And, you know, like they said in their press conference the other day, iron sharpens iron, and that's what's going on out there. Um, You know, Becton's in his second season. Um, You know, he played well when he was healthy last year, but, you know, kind of in and out of the roster with some some injuries here and there. So, you know, this is a good opportunity for him to – improve his craft, become a better, you know, pass protector, uh, and, and just increase his level of play by going up against one of the better pass rushers in the league. Um, you know, I'm not going to say Carl Lawson's elite, but uh, let's just give that time and we'll put a pencil in that note, and we'll see how that plays out down the line. So extremely excited um, that, you know, Carl Lawson seems to be in mid-season form. Um, Another couple guys that, you know, really, really uh, stood out to me on Monday, um, ja- Javelin Guidry, um, having a really, really nice camp. I believe he is, might be lined up to be our potential nickelback starter. Um, probably one of the big reasons why we didn't bring back a Brian Poole. And, um, you know, thus far I've seen him doing a lot of extensive work with the defensive back coaches. And, uh, you know, he's had some pass breakups and he's stuck his nose out you know, in traffic, um, you know, it's making it harder for the receivers to to get the ball. And that's all we really need you to do. So, uh, Javelin Guidry, somebody to make note of for a possible starting nickel corner. Um, another guy out there that's been quiet, hasn't been get talked a lot about, um, Lamarcus Joyner. Um, definitely going to be um, the partner in crime with Marcus May. Um, you know, might see him in multiple variations of of, uh, defensive packages, but at the moment looks like he and Marcus are going to be the the one and two punch at at the safety position. Um, He broke up a screen the other day that was going to uh, running back Michael Carter. Um, Really, really, um, you know, good rep, instinctual, sniffed the play out, kind of worked his way through traffic. Corey Davis attempted to block him, but he couldn't get good hands on him and, uh, you know, busted up the play. So, Really, really good stuff coming from uh, the defensive side of the ball on Monday. Forgive me as, as I take a sip of water here. I'm anticipating Dennis to be calling in <clears throat> within a uh, moment or two. And uh, I'll save. Let me see here for what I have for Tuesday. Taking a look at just some of my notes here. Uh So Tuesday was most certainly um, more of a defensive day, and uh, defense was just downright super stingy. Just to be honest, um, there wasn't a lot of big lanes being opened up as far as uh, for the running backs. Um, numerous defensive linemen um, getting pressure from the interior side, from the exterior, and from the outside as well. Um, Nate Shepard was a force to be reckoned with on Tuesday. Um, John Franklin Myers was getting um, pressure. Same thing with Bryce Huff, Carl Lawson. You know, all of these guys, um, the way that Robert Sala is deploying them, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, we've always enjoyed having a uh, strong defense, and that's definitely something that we can anticipate. Um, and kind of like what Monday with Wilson somewhat similar on Tuesday maybe Tuesday might have been worse for him or as far as um you know level of play Monday was good not as great on Tuesday he did make some um splash plays and uh, you can go to jetnation.com i have my camp right up on uh on Tuesday for uh, August 3rd and uh the one thing that i did you know Talking about the pressure that was in his face a lot. um, One thing that was very very good that I saw Tuesday is that he got rid of the ball very very quickly. Um, That quick release is something that you see time and time again when you watch his BYU film, and um, you know going from one day to the next um, where he was, you know maybe miscuing a throw or forcing a throw that wasn't as accurate because of the pressure. uh, He was finding outlets and he was finding. Um, the right guys, his tight ends, his running backs, and other players like that. So you could see a little bit of development from Monday's practice into Tuesday's practice with the way that Zach is handling things. Um, but, you know, as I said multiple times, the defensive line has done a phenomenal job putting pressure on. <clears throat> and uh, it looks like we do have a caller right now. Um, hopefully this is Dennis, so let's get him on the air. My caller, this is Alex uh, from Jet Nation Radio. You're you're live, and who am I speaking with? Hey, Alex, it's Dennis Wazak. Hey, Dennis, how you doing, bud? Thanks for joining us you, tonight. Really appreciate it.
0: You got it. You got it. My pleasure. All right.
1: So, um, Dennis, I was just telling everybody in the beginning of the show that, you know, you were going to be coming on to give us a little bit of your time. Uh, let us know um, what you see from, uh, you know, the, I believe they've had, what, seven practices thus far? Um, yeah, they, yeah, this was seven today. This was seven, yep, yep. So uh, we just wanted to, you know, take a little bit of your time. We're not going to go too long tonight and just kind of see, um, you know, through through your eyes and your lenses of, of what's been going on. And, um, you know, right off the bat, since, you know, some of our callers, you might be new to them, um, why don't you just take a moment and um, – Tell our callers, you know, where where you came from, how long you've been a beat reporter, and and then we'll we'll, we'll start getting into the nitty gritty with this team. Sure.
0: Well, this is uh, man, I think this is my 16th year. My first full year uh, on the Jets beat was 2006. It was uh, Mangini's first year. I was a I was a backup uh, before then, so I was covering camp in 2005, and uh, uh, you know covered home games during that season as well. So uh, so yeah, I've been uh, been on along on this ride since uh, 2006 through the Mangini, Rex Ryan, Todd Bowles, Adam Gase, and now Robert Sala eras. So we'll see. Um, I haven't been covering a lot of winning over the years, and uh, and mm. you, you guys as Jets fans haven't uh, seen a lot of winning over the last ten years. So uh, so yeah, I mean maybe there's uh, maybe it'll be good for all of us. You know, to get some positivity and maybe uh, maybe some wins uh, coming up, which we haven't seen a lot
1: of. Mind do we need that. That is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's cool. Wow, 16 years. So you are a seasoned vet when it comes to this stuff, and, and, <laughs> and that's great. So being that you've seen, you know, one regime from the next, and, you know, like you said, you went through a series of, of coaches, um, you know, um, right off the bat, my first question to you is um, – and maybe it's too early to tell, but from last year or the last two years to today, seven days into training camp, um, would you be confident in saying that, you know, this team is, is making improvement? Have they made any improvement thus far? Yeah, I mean, I, like you
0: said, I, I think it is too early. I think um, the one thing that you can um, – that the one thing you can say is that there's been an improvement in the vibe, you know, and I know we talk a lot about that over the years and culture and, and all that, it becomes kind of a cliche. And, but I, I think there's a, there's an actual like tangible difference in the feeling around the organization. And I'll tell you what, man, I, you know, the first practice that was open to fans over the weekend uh, on Saturday, it was, I mean, Robert Sala was a, a rock star. He got as many cheers as the players did. You know, when he came over mm-hmm. to the stands at the end of practice, um, you know, the fans loved it. And then, you know, he told them basically, you know, we're going to work hard and, you know, the usual thing that the coaches say. Um, and then he ended it with, uh, you know, getting the fans, getting the crowd to do his uh, all gas, no break uh, cheer, you know, it, that using that. As his uh, mantra for you know the team, I think uh, you could see there's a difference. Hey, look, we've gone through two coaches since Rex Ryan who weren't um, the the most uh, colorful personalities. You know, uh, Adam Gase really struggled in terms of the public opinion from the day he was hired, and And the press conference, we all know what happened there, and it just didn't – it never really, uh, you know, went well for him and the fans, and then he didn't win. So – and that's really the bottom line. And Todd Bowles, uh, a great guy, um, but he's very understated and and very uh, to the point, uh, wasn't a colorful personality, which Rex Ryan was, you know. And um, so I don't think as far as as, uh, coaches – for sure, you haven't had that type of energetic, electric personality leading the team since Rex. And it's been a long time now. So um, I, I think once you see how that has been a big change and you you just you see a lot of different uh, players now in this who might not have been a part of, of what's gone on the past several years um, as far as not making the playoffs and, and the losing that that's gone on. I, I think there's a there's a change in the attitude, and Joe Douglas also has a big part of that, too, because um, it's rare that a GM comes in and everybody is excited about that guy, and you have that here when the Jets were able to hire Joe Douglas. The fan base was excited because they know his pedigree and that he comes from winning. He saw what Baltimore did and Ozzie Newsom, and he saw... You know what the Eagles did winning a super Bowl and and he's you know here. So I think those two guys help change the attitude and the uh, j- just the overall vibe. So uh, I think that's where you can look at it. Who knows what will happen from now on? They need to transfer that on the field starting in week one, September twelfth, and uh, then we'll go from there,
1: absolutely. And, you know, I was just mentioning that earlier before you came on, you know, a lot of people have been asking about, um, you know, Chris Herndon and what he's got going on. And from what I've seen thus far, you know, I saw him the other day and, you know, they they have some good music that they play out there and he was kind of busting a groove. And, you know, it's good to see that, you know, you know, these guys are having fun while they're doing this stuff, too. And, And they're working their tail off out there. That's for darn sure. So um, yeah. I absolutely 100% agree with that statement about it, it. There's a different feeling, and you know that is kind of rhetoric that kind of goes around every you know off season into the regular season. But I think this this year holds a little bit more weight than it has in previous seasons.
0: No and doubt. Um,
1: as I go to as I go to our, our next question here, and um, this is uh, from the guys, you know, Glenn and Dylan can't join us tonight, um, so it'll be you and I running point. Um, but they wanted to know um, who who has stood out to you thus far at a camp. Is there, you know, a particular group of players or is there, a, you know, a few individuals that have kind of raised a couple eyebrows for you? Yeah, I, I mean,
0: I could go a few different directions, and, and fans who are kind of following camp and following me and some of the other writers and, and some of you guys who have been out at camp, you know that Elijah Moore – has been really just outstanding um so i you know i do for a lot of fans who know i do an emoji scorecard kind of thing you know a fun little thing that i i've been doing for the The last few years and i appreciate it it's fun you know just something to break up the monotony of, of camp and somebody made a point you know somebody made a comment to me and said You know, hey, you should just, like, automatically put the star and Elijah Moore just for every day because it seems that's you know, he stands out every day, and it's true. I mean, he really has been a guy who, um, you know, just makes plays. The guy just makes plays. He gets open. He makes plays. Um, There's a good reason for uh, fans to be excited about him. I think you're seeing it here. And, and again, you don't know for sure until the games start and how that will play out, but – He's he's conquered every step so far. You know, rookie can't be stood out. OTAs he stood out. Mini can't be stood out, and now training can't be standing out. And 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 let's face it, you know, some of these these guys on this team, they're not slouches. I mean, you have Crowder, you have um, you know guys who have been around and played in this game. Corey Davis and even Keelan Cole and Elijah Moore is the guy who is just really just shined you know he, and and it's really good to have a rookie quarterback coming in and with a rookie wide receiver where you could just imagine these guys growing together over the next several years and progressing and developing a rapport and i mean that, that that's uh that's key right there but also carl lawson has been unbelievable as well he's really uh, you know, been a guy who's who's uh, stood out with his speed, his quickness, his moves, and and that's promising because the Jets gave him a big deal in the off season to be a pass rushing presence, and I think he has shown that he's up to that task. And again, we'll see how that plays out in games, but um, it's good to see the guy that was your big ticket free agent um, having a good summer and. And some people say, well, you know, is that a product of of him um, getting around Makai Becton and Becton struggling? I, I think it's hard to tell that right now. I mean, that's an easy assumption to make, but I mean, they're not, you know, in full pads every day. And and I think the size of Carl Lawson, and this has been talked about as well, that he's kind of a smaller, faster, strong guy. Um, that Becton won't face much of that type over the, you know, a 17 game schedule. Um, He's unique in that sense. So I think he's providing Becton a really good test so that when he Mm -hmm. does go against the guys that he performed well against last year, it'll be, it'll be even better for him uh, moving down the line. And so those, those are two guys there. But as far as groups, obviously the defensive line with Lawson and, and Rankins and, And, uh, um, you know, other guys who have have really popped up, uh, John Franklin Myers, Foley Fatakasi, and that's not even Mm -hmm. counting and Williams, who hasn't practiced yet, you know, because he's still coming back from that foot injury. Um, I think also the running backs have really, uh, you know, caught people's eye just because of the versatility and the skill sets that they have, each one of those guys, Tevin Coleman and Michael Pirine and Michael Carter and Josh Adams. They, they have guys who can do different things, uh, Ty Johnson, um, and I, I think that'll be exciting to see how Mike LaFleur kind of sorts through that and, and ends up going into the regular season, how they kind of use those guys because all of them could be beneficial to Zach Wilson, especially as outlets. You know, we, when Sam Darnold was here, you you wanted him to have an outlet, a guy who – Okay, there's trouble. He can dump it off, and he thought Le'Veon Bell would be that type of player for them, and that never materialized. But I think there are some mm-hmm. guys here where Tevin Coleman could be that type of guy. Michael Carter could certainly be that guy. So, um, so those are the, the the players and the groups that that have stood out um, to me. And and you know what, the tight ends we talked about, uh, Chris Herndon. You know, you mentioned him today. They all had a pretty good day as a group, and and that's an intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, group to look at uh, as we go into the preseason games and, and uh, just seeing who kind of comes out on top because um, it, it's not real clear cut who the starters will be and how many of those guys they'll keep between Herndon and Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft and um, Kenny Uboa has is kind of, um, you know, been a fan favorite, the guy that undrafted free agent that um, – you know, has a lot of skills. And and they have Daniel Brown also, who's been a key special teams contributor over the last few years. So so, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what I've been seeing over the last, uh, you know, week
1: plus. Yeah, I was just, you know, talking uh, very briefly about the tight end group and um, night and day compared to last year. I mean, you know, you would have thought, you know, we didn't have tight ends with the way that they played last year. And if you look at the statistics, it just looks like they were a non-factor. But, you know, uh, from the last three days of camp that I've, I've, t- I've attended to, um, it definitely seems like there's there's going to be a role for guys like Herndon and Croft and, and some of the other guys that you mentioned. And um, Kenny Yeboah, that that's somebody I told uh, our fans to make a note on because uh, he seems like he has – all the tools, you know, it's just a matter of how these next few weeks progress for him. And, you know, if he ends up on the practice squad, that's not the worst case scenario. Um, but, you know, if he ends up cracking this lineup somehow, that would be super intriguing. Um, and like you said, um, you know, UDFAs, you know, always seems to tend to be um, kind of like a fan favorite. So in the yep. event that he emerges into something, that that would be a lot of fun to watch. Um, there was one group that I wanted to ask you about, and it seems like throughout the off season and people like myself included, um, why didn't the Jets go out and target, you know, a, a top tier cornerback? Um, what have you seen from the defensive backs and um, you know, are are the Jets safe with what they have right now? Um, you know, is there a potential or somebody that could emerge into something? Um, what have you seen thus far?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, one guy who has had a pretty good camp so far is Bless Austin, uh, which is promising. That's that's a good mm-hmm. thing to see uh, because he's probably going to be a starter. And I think they are thinking about Bryce Hall being a starter this year. And and he's had uh, a, a pretty good camp as well. This uh, today on on uh, can't even think of my, on Wednesday they moved. Um, uh, Brandon Eccles in there just to kind of see what he could do with the starters. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think they, they, they have a lot of guys that they think can do things, you know? So I just don't know that you could be confident as a Jets fan going into the season with the cornerbacks that they have. I think Marcus may and LaMarcus Joyner being the safeties back there are big because you have experienced veterans who can help if there's breakdowns back there. And I think, just to get back to the defensive line, that you have guys up front who will, in theory, prevent quarterbacks from being able to step up in the pocket and just throw downfield. I think um, that's they're going to be banking on that pressure up front to kind of help those guys in the secondary. But I think in a perfect world, you don't want to have to – hide those guys you you want them to be able to make plays and I, I think um you know bless austin is a very physical corner i think he's a guy who um you know could could do something out there and 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 help in the coverage and i like bryce hall as a technique guy and being a guy who who could blossom into kind of an all-around corner as well and I, when you look at other guys at the slot spot, I, I like what I'm seeing from Javelin Gidry in that spot uh, in the summer. He's, he's really kind of popped off, um, you know, doing, uh, making some plays and, but there aren't big names, you know, so it's hard to get excited and hard to like feel confident that, you know, maybe, you know, Brandon Eccles as a rookie or Jason Pinnock, well, as a rookie, he mm-hmm. will just emerge. Um, so I, I think you've seen some promising things. I think these guys are getting a, a lot of action. I, I just wonder if a veteran shakes free, um, you know, late in camp or cuts if they bring somebody in to kind of, you know, just have that experience corner on the field because they, they really, man, they, they lack that right now at that position for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, even within our own AFC's conference, there's a plethora of different style of receivers that can just cause a yes. nightmare. So, you know, we Definitely. really really need to make sure that these guys are prepared to go up against the Stefan Diggs and, um, you know, we're going up against Cole Beasley and then, you know, we go down to Miami and you've got guys like burners like Jalen Waddle that, you know, can, can cause nightmares for you. And, um, you know, even on the Patriots, you know, you can never count them out for what they're going to do. Um, seems like they, they have, you know, they're probably going through the tight ends to their wide receivers. Might be their, their course of, uh, you know, how they go about their passing yeah. attack. But, yeah, these defensive backs are, are, you know, just in our small conference alone, they're going to be tested. And then, you know, outside that, you know, we're going up against some decent teams this this year with some uh, spectacular receivers. So these guys are definitely going to be tested. Um you know, I'll got you. Know, take you just for one last question, if you'll have us. And uh, this is sure. from Dylan. And, um, you know, this is, you know, Dylan and I, I would say everybody um, in the fan base since, you know, 2019 when we made this big free agent signing. Um, quiet leader in C.J. Mosley. Um, you know, don't really see too many people talking about him. And, you know, he's one of those guys that just kind of, you know, goes about his business and, you know, he lets his play do the talking for him but um, have you seen anything from him or has he done anything that, you know, shows us that, you know, we can anticipate that we're going to get the version of, you know, that small dose that we had of CJ Mosley back in 2019 versus Buffalo week one. Um, Can we expect, you know, that kind of play from him, you know, two years later?
0: I'll tell you what you look at him and he looks like a different guy. And we spoke to Jeff Ulbrich, the defensive coordinator, about him, and he raved about the fact that C.J. Mosley, who has typically played at, man, I you know, maybe 245 or or higher, uh, is down to 231 pounds, and he looks it. And wow. He looks thinner, and, and it's not a case where, oh, man, like, he looks thin. Is he going to get beat up? Is, no. What he did was – dedicate his offseason knowing the type of system that Olbrich and Sala are, are running where they need the linebackers to be able to go sideline to sideline and, and play fast. And mm-hmm. that's what he did. He, he focused on dropping some weight and getting faster. And now this is a guy who is a multiple Pro Bowl selection uh, in Baltimore, a guy who – uh, is well-established in his league. But as you mentioned, basically two years out of the league. You know, I mean, he's, he opted out last year, and he was hurt in his first season with the Jets. So he is a long way as far as in people's minds from that player who made those Pro Bowls and was a consistent playmaker all around the field on defense. Um, I, but I'll tell you what, man, he he he's still a leader. He's still a guy who leads by example and he could be a guy who is in prime contention to be a comeback player of the year. I mean, a guy missing two years basically and coming back. Mm -hmm. I I think he's key to that defense. I I think he'll be, he'll, he'll be running things back there. And um, like I've seen him flash at times during practice uh, this summer uh, I think he'll be fine, and the fact that he did what he did by dropping that weight—it's just—it's really a, a credit to him. I'm just looking at a roster. He—he's he, listed at 250, but he's actually 231 pounds right now. That's crazy, you know. Wow. A guy like that do that, you know, and, and it's—it was for uh, the system, like knowing how he was going to play. So he's fully dedicated. That—that that is the key right there. You know, he's all in now. And he's, he's ready to roll. And I think he'll be um, – uh, it's almost as if they signed a new player or traded for a new player in this new C.J. Mosley. I think you're going to see him be able to make some plays. And I think Jared Davis is going to help also. That's another guy who people kind of just don't really talk about much. Um, he could be a comeback player type. And um, yeah. so that's two middle – you know, inside linebackers that the Jets have who they're taking a chance on. Um, And and they both, I think, will be key to this defense. But, yeah, as far as Mosley, I I really do think because you haven't seen him much over the last two years, you tend to forget the type of player he can be. But, like I said, the fact that he did what he did in the offseason and dedicated himself to really trying to play in this system – uh, that tells you
1: a lot, and I think it'll play out on the field for sure. Oh, man, that gives me the goosebumps. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, a rejuvenated C.J. Mosley, let's go. Um, man, oh, man, when is <laughs> when is week one going to be rolling around here? Um, and, you know, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, J- Jared Davis, too, because, uh, you know, he had a burst of emotion the other day, and, you know, somebody that had talked about in a recent press conference about how, you know, things were just so – bad for him in Detroit, he almost thought about hanging it up. So, to see how, you know, he's kind of been rejuvenated in this solid defense, and, you know, the way he expressed himself the other day, I'll say, um, you know, you can (laughs) see that he's buying into this, and um, you know, for not many people that may know of what had happened, you know, it kind of looked like there was a defensive bust, and, um, man, did he have a... uh, a, an outburst, we'll just say, and and kind of uh, had to walk off the sideline a little bit, and you know, he kicked um, his helmet you across, you know, to helmet. where you could have heard him. Yeah, he, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on there, and it was like, whoa, what in the world is going on? But you know, it, that's what we can expect when you hear that mantra from Robert Sala, and and that to me, I was like, all right, now I'm starting to see, you know, how he affects players and and what he instills in them, and man, is there, there's definitely a fire burning in Mr. Davis. And, um, you know, that's going to no yep. you know, turn out to, to be, you know, hopefully very, very good productive play from him and Mosley coming from, the you know, the interior aspect of our linebacker core. So I'm definitely very excited about that. And, um, you know, Dennis, looks like, you know, we're almost out of time here. Uh, we're, we're up against the clock tonight. But uh, just really want to thank you for taking the time you know, I know you're a busy guy, and, you know, <laughs> what you did tonight was, phenom- you know, phenomenal, giving us all those little gems. I mean, this is as good as gold for our listeners. And, um, you know, anytime you want to come join us here, open invitation, my man. And, again, you, Sounds know, good. Um, you know, thank you. And um, if you can, you know, please let our fans know where they can find you. Um, you know, I'll be sure to retweet your stuff on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, please, the floor is yours, and, um, you know, do your thing.
0: Sure. I'm at D 73 on Twitter and you could find, uh, you know, I tweet out everything, uh, all the stories out there, EPNews.com, com. You could find all of our NFL coverage there. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, I appreciate you having me on and it's, it's always fun and, and this is the good stuff, right? This is a good time where everything is positive yes. for the most part. And now, uh, you know, we'll have some preseason games coming up soon. We'll have some joint practices and, uh, start getting it really rolling. So it's exciting times for Jets fans. So, Everybody be optimistic and uh, hopefully, um, you know, about, you know, a month or so uh, things are still, you know, looking good and uh, everybody's
1: healthy and start rolling. Sounds great, man. Well, again, you know, thank you for joining us tonight. And, um, you know, I think I'll be out there next Monday and Tuesday as well. So, um, you know, hopefully maybe I could see you and, and, and meet you face-to-face. That would be great. Um, Sounds but, good. Uh, again, thank you, and um, have a good night.
0: You too. I appreciate it. Anytime. Take care. All right. Be well.
1: Be well. Bye. Okay, folks. So, uh, Dennis Wozak, really, really great stuff. Um, you know, coming from AP Sports, as he said, um, you know, be sure to go to um, – you know, my Twitter page at NYJetsLife24, I'll be retweeting his, his content and his handle so that you guys can give Dennis a follow. Um, really puts out great content. So, you know, if you're a Jets fan and this is the kind of stuff that you're into, Dennis is the guy that you need to start following. Um, like I said, we are up against the clock tonight. Um, we only have about another couple minutes going down here. So, um, for everybody, um, You know, this Saturday, we're going to be, uh, the Jets are having a green and white scrimmage. So that should be a lot of fun. I will be in attendance of that. So I'll try to make some notes, um, you know, and try to uh, write a few things down so that next week when we do the show, I'll have something to talk about for the green and white scrimmage. You know, as I just told Dennis, I will be attending camp next week as well. Going to try to get out there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and continue to give you guys the content. Um, that we need and we love from this, this awesome team, the New York Jets. It's a new year. It's a new vibe, new coaching system, all that good stuff. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward um, to seeing what they do. And, and before I go, um, you know, just want to just briefly go through some of the things that, you know, I saw today. Um, today was one of the best days that I've seen from Zach Wilson. Um, You know, of the three days that I've been in attendance, um, you know, he was really, really orchestrating the the offense very well during the 11-on-11 series. Um, And then in specifics, in the 7-on-7 red zone series, he was absolutely surgical. Um, In those drills, he was 8-for-9 with completions, and he had six touchdowns to six different receivers. Um, The benefactors of these touchdowns, um were Corey Davis, Trayvon Wesco, Ryan Griffin, Jeff Smith, Tyler Croft, and Chris Herndon. So you know, as I said before, it, it, with the distribution going around, you know, Lafleur's dialing up these plays, getting guys open. Zach is finding them. Um, good things are happening again, today was probably one of the best days I've seen from him. You know, Bryce Huff was in his face, Carl Lawson's getting pressure, John Franklin Myers had this phenomenal play where um, he busted it up and forced Zach to go outside the pocket. And Zach had an open receiver, um, one of his tight ends, but uh, JFM was able to get a pass deflection and and stop the play. So Zach has been dealing with adversity from this defensive line every day from camp, and today he really showed that he's taken, um, you know, another step in his progression. Um, So I'm very, very excited um, about that, um, you know, for the Denzel Mims situation here, um, didn't really get to talk too much about that with Dennis, because um, we ran out of time. Um, but, you know, perhaps, you know, later on down the line, um, if Dennis joins us, you know, we can ask him about, you know, what happened in training camp. And now what are we talking about when Denzel Mims is being awesome? Cause that's the conversation I want to talk about, but, you know, today Denzel had a touchdown, Um, in one of the series that they were running and was kind of one of the ending plays of that um, exercise. And the entire wide receiver group embraced him. him. And they were hooting and hollering and high fives. And you could could tell that, you know, he's been scrutinized quite often. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of positive things coming from, you know, his situation right now. Um, So his teammates have his back and they know what he's going through. And, you know, maybe this is going to develop that chip on his shoulder that he needs to excel to that, to the player that we want him to be. Um, So really, really good stuff today from Denzel. Um, You know, like I said, um, defense has been looking really, really good. But, um, you know, today the offensive line opened up some really, really nice lanes, you know, for the running backs. I mean, you know, Ty Johnson had himself a good run. Josh Adams was making things happen. Uh, Michael Carter found himself with a couple of nice runs within the side of the red zone. Um, Tevin Coleman in the, the first play of 11 and 11 series had a really, really nice long run. Probably would have been, you know, anywhere between 15 to 20 yards. Uh, so, you know, things are, you know, ramping up here. And, um, you know, in only a short amount of time I've seen, you know, progression in certain players already. So really, really good stuff. Um, today was a great day. Um, you know, and I can't wait to get out there Saturday for the green and white scrimmage, see kind of how the, you know, the scripted plays look and see what these guys look like, you know, actually in the stadium at MetLife. So um, I'm most certainly looking forward to that. I'm going to sign off here, folks, Um, you know, and uh, just want to say, you know, um, it's been a lot of fun this past week. Um, People that have interacted, you know, with me on on social media, you guys are great. Um, If you guys have any questions, any particular players that, you know, you're interested in, that you guys want me to make some notes on when I'm at camp next week. Um, I love that stuff. So please go ahead and and reach out to me, um, you know, and and I'll try to do my best to, you know, see what those individuals have going on. Um, So, guys, don't forget, go to JetNation.com, number one fan forum in the NFL. Um, Download the app all for free, nonstop Jets conversation and content. Um, you know, we got articles coming out every day. Um, you know, we got green bean doing the YouTube stuff and doing my videos, you know, he's been great with that. And, um, you know, anything else that you guys have suggestions on, please let me know. Um, so we can, you know, deliver a better show, better content for you guys. So, um, this is Alex Rell signing off, everyone have a great week. Um, and you know, as per usual, go jets, J E T S jets, 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 have a good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Be sure to
0: follow us on Twitter at JetNationRadio. Glenn is at acefan 23 and Alex is at NYJetsLife24.
1: Until next time,
0: go Jets.